Hello and welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, focusing on all things AV. I'm your host, Devin Bentley, and today we're talking with Harry Schaub, who is head of audio for Elite Multimedia. Harry, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no worries. So audio in itself is, is extremely, extremely important. You know, when we look at all things AV in a production, there's video, there's lighting, there's rigging, there's computers, but today we're going to talk a little audio. So, so Harry, why don't you kind of walk us through how you got into this world? Where did you break in and, and what brought you to your current position with Elite? Oh, man. Uh, well, I started going to college at the University of Tennessee, um, playing music uh, all through middle school, high school. And uh, while at UT, all I really learned were, uh, we'll just say skills that weren't valuable to real life. Uh, <laughs> you learn how to play Rocky Top, right? Yeah, Rocky Top. And I learned, you know, we were the number one party school in the nation at the time. I'll, I'll just leave it there. Congratulations. Uh, I transferred to Middle Tennessee State uh, to join the recording industry program there. Um, mainly because uh, I didn't think I was ever going to make it as a musician, and I just wanted to be around music. So I, I actually started my career in audio in the studio. Uh, and after about seven months of that, I realized I hated the studio, um, doing the same vocal take over and over or tuning a vocal. Uh, and my, my thought was, why don't you just do it right the first time? Which <laughs> ultimately, uh, I, I worked for a band in the studio. They said, we like your attitude. Will you be our tour manager? Uh, I went home and Googled tour manager and uh, and that was it. I was started on the road about three months in, they remembered I could do audio and I've been, uh, doing live sound ever since. Uh, and then back in 2012, I got married, realized if I ever wanted a real family life, uh, or a more traditional family life, I was going to have to come off the road, but I wanted to stay in the industry and stay involved with audio and just happened to get a phone call from Elite. Uh, a friend of mine that was already working here told me they were looking for a head of audio. Uh, I interviewed, and, and that was it. I've been here just over three years now. That's great. It's quite the path. And it sounds like uh, anybody who is uh, into live events needs to know that that also means life on the road. So it sounds like you had some good experiences, and um, and now you're able to be a little bit more settled but still staying in it. Um what, let's talk about those jobs you you did on the road, you know, or even some jobs that you work with now. Of course, with Elite, um, you probably help with uh, Elite putting on productions all over the country, uh, different rentals uh, that are needed. What are some of the challenges that are faced with each job? Say you walk into a scenario, what are the first things that you're looking at? What does somebody need to know from an audio expert? Uh, the top three things that need to be hit off the bat walking into a venue. Oh, well, um, the first thing, well, let me let me actually come at it from a different angle. Sure. Like the very first phone call before I walk into the room, I really need to know what it is that you want, uh, or or what it is that we're going to be dealing with. A lot of people call uh, live audio sound reinforcement, which is you know we're there to make whatever you're doing louder. But <laughs> if we're going to a, a in the corporate setting, for example, it, there's talking heads and there's probably some video playback, maybe some canned music, or are we going into an arena with a live band? Uh, 
that's the first thing I got to know. Uh, and I, I actually pull from that, you know, what kind of speakers we need to send, how many we need to send. Uh, and to piggyback onto that, once we have that established, a lot of times I'll go and do a site survey where I actually walk into your room and I see how big it is, how it's laid out. Uh, I like to walk through with the client, find out where people will be and won't so that we can figure out where to best put speakers uh, and where we don't want speakers to hit. Because that's actually the biggest challenge in, in live audio is having enough sound in the right place. Uh, you put too much sound in the wrong place and it just gets ugly, as evidenced by complaints and refunds from a major tour in a new arena. Okay. <laughs> Has we'll, that happened to we'll you uh, without naming names? I mean, have you had to <laughs> been part of something like that? Oh, no, I'm good at my job. Okay. <laughs> that's why we're interviewing you, and that's why you're head of audio. So okay, that's just <laughs> the worst case scenario that can happen out there, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there are some nightmare rooms. Um, and every room can be great. Uh, there's just so many factors that go into controlling live sound yeah it sounds like pre-production is at a premium here so i mean to make sure that you have the right sound uh at the end of the day in the final product you really need to do your homework beforehand absolutely okay so so what do you think you know what comes to mind is a really challenging venue i know we talked before this interview you kind of mentioned actually more of a moving object i don't know if that has anything to do with it but cruise ships were really tough for you what what comes to mind is like wow that was tough um i don't really feel like doing that again but we can do it if we need to <laughs> uh yeah cruise ships are tough um but a lot of the the issue there is cruise ships are designed to do one thing and most of the time when we go on and we do two or three cruises a year um we're either putting speakers where they didn't intend to be like one time we put a stage over a hot tub and put speakers on their pool deck or we go into a room that they normally do Broadway shows in and we're trying to put on a rock show. Uh, their rooms just aren't designed for our kind of audio. So we have to be uh, diligent in, you know, aiming the speakers, making sure we're not bouncing the PA off of the glass front of the balcony which was a real nightmare for us on a recent cruise. Well, it sounds like then if you are hosting an event of any kind, you need to have audio professionals who truly know what they're doing or it can wreck the entire event. So, so let's talk about, you know, there's some of the ma more massive events out there, of course, is, um, I mean, let's, let's compare two different things here. We've got, say, a concert at the United, at the United Arena in Chicago, which is indoor, um, or the United Center, excuse me. Um, and then we've got ACL, uh, an outdoor uh, festival. What are the two, you know, what's what's just different about an outdoor festival versus like an arena inside? Or you can even do, you know, smaller scale, just an outdoor concert, smaller scale versus maybe a, a small bar or a small venue, just indoor versus outdoor. Well, uh, indoor, you have to deal with the building. Uh, when you have a square or an enclosed space, there is going to be what they call a resonant frequency of the room. Uh, most often it's, it's a low frequency. So, um, basically that frequency just builds and builds and builds. And that's like, if you hit a tuning fork, that frequency, it would be like if you could smack the room 
So you have to walk in and find that resonant frequency and notch it out to control it. And then the bouncing is really the biggest deal indoors. Uh, probably the worst case scenario, I, I did a lot of time in Christian music in my career, and we would go into these multi-purpose gymatorium kind of rooms that are square concrete walls with a basketball floor and uh, hard ceilings, and the sound just bounces around. And unless you put a lot of people in there, you just have to be really good and and know that sometimes less is more. Uh, you don't always, you can't always overpower the room. Whereas outside, nothing bounces. So the real key is having enough horsepower uh, and being able to throw however far the audience ends up being. Got it. Okay. So I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of challenges there. Um, what happens, and this, this makes me think of this, when we see a singer who doesn't seem to be on key or just really off kilter, um, and we're told it's because of feedback in their ear, what is happening there with the audio? And is that something an audio engineer uh, can correct beforehand, or is this something that just happens and you just pray that it, it doesn't occur? Uh, yeah, I mean, engineers get the blame for off-key singers on a regular basis, and sometimes it is our fault. Um, the, the feedback in their ear would be when a frequency starts to cycle from s speaker back into the microphone and just goes over and over until it builds, and everybody's heard it. Uh, and absolutely can be uh, avoided. For one, keep your singer behind your uh, behind your speakers or out of the pattern of the speakers. Uh, a lot of the times that feedback comes from monitor wedges, which by their nature need to point directly at the artist where the microphone is. Uh, and in that case, there's a process that we call ringing out the microphone, mm -hmm. and it's essentially making it feedback on purpose. You just send somebody out there to talk into it and keep making it louder and louder till it feeds back and then cut that frequency out. Just keep doing that until the person testing it thinks their ears are going to bleed because that's where singers like their own vocal. Or you may just get to a point where you can't make it sound good and be any louder, and then you just have to tell the artist that that's how much there is, and they need to build their mix around that. Wow. it's a lot of tactics. Um, so, you know, talking about the singers and, and the concerts, and, I mean, this has been going on for, you know, as long as we can remember, 50s, 60s, there's been concerts and there's been audio. Um, has it has it kind of stayed consistent, or, or are there just innovations along the way? Um, are there things that, that bring on innovations within audio? What do you see happening in the future, or, or will the concerts that we know and, and the, uh, the audio and the sound levels and the way things work continue to work the way they always have? Um, what, what do you foresee in, within the industry? Well, from an audience perspective, other than some of the the really out there stuff that happened, um, I don't know, maybe 70s with quadraphonic mm -hmm. uh, concerts. From an audio, audience perspective, um, technology hasn't really changed. Um, they're hearing what's happening on stage louder. But under the hood and behind the scenes, audio is leaps and bounds from even when I started 10 years, well, 15 years ago. Um, 
you don't see a whole lot of analog consoles anymore. Everything's digital and computerized, and you can save everything. You can run a full festival off of one console, recalling everybody's individual wow. settings in the blink, blink of an eye. And speakers, you know, line array was a big deal when it started. You're no longer hanging these massive, just masses of audio. Can hang one line and cover an arena. Well, two lines because we like stereo, even though only really the engineer notices it. But that's a, actually a lot of live sound. It's just making yourself happy. Uh, but digital consoles. I mean, we're at the point now where all the wireless microphones are starting to transmit digitally instead of analog signals, and we can run from the microphone all the way to the amplifier on a digital signal, which is just creating this pristine audio. And the new speakers that are coming out are just clean. And it's making our job as engineers harder because we don't have anything to hide behind. Uh, we actually have to be really good at our job. We can't blame it on speakers anymore. <laughs> well, at the same time, it sounds like it's an exciting, exciting time to be... Um in your position. It sounds like you've had quite a bit of experiences and there's just so much that goes into it. You know, we can't get to all of it today. We want to touch on some of the main bits. And so Harry, I really want to thank you for joining us for more on the industry, anything in AV, whether it be visual, audio, lighting, please go to marketscale.com, go to the AV industry page. There's a litany of podcasts for you to dive into as well as other publications. And again, you can check out Elite Multimedia and all of Harry's work at Elite Multimedia. Thank you all so much for joining. We'll talk to you next time.